All right, welcome in to another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. Rob Parker here, Martin Weiss there. And you see me smiling because I mopped the floor with my partner, Martin Weiss, when it comes to the uh, NBA playoffs. What's going on, Martin? I'll just start there. I don't want to get too heavy on you right away. I just, after that Maverick series and they went up 2-0, it's like the ridiculous thing. Chris Asporzingis is the ultimate fraud. Look at the ultimate fraud. Right there, right there. Go ahead. Is the ultimate fraud. And you know what? A step further, Mark Cuban, at this point, he had Dirk Nowitzki. He won one title. Right. So, like, when you look at that roster, he, ha- he has Luka Doncic. What is he going to do with Luka? Because at this point, you have a generational talent right here, right now. Luka Doncic is doing things that we have not seen done in the NBA in at least 15 years from a guy that young, right? Like, LeBron was the first guy that young. Not the first guy, but the most recent guy that young to put up similar stat lines that's impacting the game in such a way. Like, and you know what else, too, Rob Parker? I wasn't in the talking sports media at this point in time, but we all owe Phil Jackson an apology because he tried to tell us that Phil, that Chris Porzingis was a taller Sean, I mean, it's a shorter Sean Bradley who just played shooting guard. I looked it up yesterday. That was the quote. He said Chris Dapps reminded him of Sean Bradley. And while I'll say this, he was more effective than Sean Bradley likely would have been in the Western Conference first round. He wasn't much more effective than, I mean, I mean, God damn. I mean, you have taken some lumps. Can we? I, I get it. You want to go off on uh, Porzingis? That's fine. But your picks, uh, the Lakers. Can we go there? Which one you want to go first? Let's first. You you had Dallas beating the Clippers. You you were very confident about it. Uh, the Clippers. There were seven. Ga- it was a, it was a seven game series, and with two minutes left, the game was in the balance. No, like, no yeah, no, but, it wasn't a crazy pick. No, but but it was they were dead. But the Clippers were down 0-2, losing at two games at home. And your guy Luca, who you love so much, they did choke down four of the next five games, including three at home. So while I get the numbers and the numbers are great, and I get all that, it's about winning. I always keep telling you, sports. Yeah, sport. it's, I'm just saying it's about winning. winning. Shorts is a sport menu. Wins and losses. I understand. I get it. That's why everybody gets paid. They're professional, so on and so forth. Yes. I mean. But okay, but there's okay, but let's make it a baseball analogy, Rob Parker, since I know that is your true love and, and what you grew up with. But if you got if you got Mike Trout in the three hole, right, and he's hitting 350 with 30 bombs, 20 stolen bases, and the rest of the team is below the Mendoza line, what the hell do you want him to do? Well, when I, Tim Hardaway I, Jr. is one for 10. When Dorian Finney-Smith is one for 11. When Chris Esperzingis is like two for six. What do you want him to do? But my only thing is a player of that caliber, when you talk about it, they should be able to win you one game and put those guys on his back for one night. Huh. And then, he and won that, two games. No, but they should have won one game at home. There was that, And that was my problem is that you got to win one of those if you're going to try to win this series, especially – after you gave up the first two games back at home after you had a 2-0 lead on the road. I, I, I'm nitpicking, but whenever people start talking about Larry Bird and making comparisons, win a series first, and then I'm with you. The Clippers have now sent well, Larry twice the last two years, okay? That's all I'll I'm put saying. It like Larry, Bird, Larry Bird had a lot of help around him compared to what Chris I mean. Chris Asporzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith and Boban Marjanovic are not necessarily the 1986 Celtics. 
But can I but can I tell you that when Larry Bird joined the Celtics his first year, they they improved 32 wins. So so yes, they had some other great players, but they weren't great when Larry Bird got there, is my point. And it turned around and they got 32 wins better. Larry Bird immediately had an impact. Okay, well, the Mavericks, the Mavericks had the fourth pick in the draft and then made the playoffs the next year and then made the playoffs the year after that. I don't know if it exactly was a 30-win jump. But I know no. that Luka Doncic is second. No, 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 no. I know Luka Doncic is first in win share since 2018. And what has that gotten? Didn't have what has that gotten? Play, a playoff appearance from one of the for fourth worst team in the league. What do you mean? Like, I just, yeah, you're right. You're right. The 22-year-old Luka Doncic in his third year did not, in fact, did not win finals MVP, Rob Parker. You know what? He's not, not Jordan. He's not LeBron. I'm not, He's 22. Every time one of these guys fails, I'm what do you expect? He's only 22. If he would have, if he would have beat the Clippers, you would be random Raven. So now that he lost, no, if he, he would have beat the Clippers, like I still would have started out talking about how Chris Porzingis was an absolute no, fraud because he's got no number two. He's got no number two no, guy. Had, had you had they won, you guys would have been dancing in the streets. You can't have it both ways. All I'm saying is he didn't win. Okay, let's no, move. I on. guarantee you, this is what I would have said. I would have said last year, the only reason that the Clippers beat the Mavericks in the bubbles because Chris Stapsworzingis got hurt. And, okay? he and this year, and this year, the only reason the Mavericks beat the Clippers or would have beaten the Clippers is because Chris Stapsworzingis is irrelevant. Luka Doncic matured, but you know what? His next step is getting in better shape. If he can go all 48 like and he can play the first half, then that'll be the ne- that'll be his next. That's his next evolution as a player. Yes, thank you. He's in bad shape. We got. Thank you. It's not everybody else. His numbers aren't good in the fourth. That 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 well, tells it's a mix. Be- it's a mix between he's in bad shape and he also has nobody else to do anything on the primary. If, if he had if he had just a second ball handler, like a handle the ball for five minutes, maybe in the second quarter when he's also on the court and doesn't have to be on the bench, it'd be a different story. To the Lakers, though, I mean, you know what? I just realized it. So I'll tell you exactly Lakers- when I realized it. Yes. I'll yes. tell you when I realized it. Uh, later on in the show, because we'll talk about this in a minute. But it was a moment in which I realized, I, you know, you kept saying if, 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 well, if never happened, right? You know, what if did, never what happened. did I say more? And I'm just, I'm not patting myself on the back. But yes, I, you are. Yes, you are. No, well, come on. You're patting. You literally, literally, I hope the producers clipped this because you literally reached behind yourself and patted yourself on the back. As you said, I'm not patting myself on the back. But there's no doubt about it, Rob Parker. You're taking your victory lap. Go ahead. Enjoy it. There won't be too much more playoff basketball in Los Angeles going forward, but enjoy your victory lap at the moment. All I'm saying is the reason I couldn't pick the Lakers, and I said it on this podcast, too many things have to go right for them to win. And that was my issue with them. And what what happened? Anthony Davis wound up getting hurt. It could have been LeBron. I didn't like the supporting cast that we saw. I know everybody said, your, your, your quote was, I'm not betting against LeBron. I get that, but LeBron's not that same player. He can't elevate those other guys to that level that you would need to not have Anthony Davis. Can we admit that as time has gone on? Can we admit it? So the, the thing, first of all, I'm not betting against, I wasn't betting against LeBron against the spread, okay? Like, can we just, can we just, that dot 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 is key because LeBron could still lose. Now, when you lose by 30 in back-to-back playoff games, the spread doesn't the spread does not freaking matter. Okay. Because 
I mean, that was just so embarrassing. I got to give it to LeBron James, man. I got to give him credit in, in this way, okay? Truly, truly the, 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 the champion of my times, right? The millennial king. Because when LeBron James is checked out, look, the hotel is closed. He's got no interest. I mean, with the last two games of this series, he knew it. I mean, it had to become evident in the Lakers' locker room they weren't going to win a title, right? And he said, look, if I ain't going to win a title, why am I not on the beach right now? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a remarkable level of I don't give a shit unless I can win. And it, it is what it is, but it was just watching him, especially in that, that the games uh, – the last few games of the series, it was just like, all right, bro, everybody's uh, done here. I do want to say this, that uh, after game three, a lot of people who follow LeBron and the Lakers were riding high and that, you know, I, I heard so many people say, well, the path is clear. They're going to the finals again. Everybody bought in. They were up two to one. Everybody thought so, including David Vassay from AM570 who covers the Dodgers. David Vassay is the Dodger reporter. And Martin... I'm going to go get it. But we had a bet. He took LeBron James and told me that LeBron would win back-to-back championships, and I had the field. And our bet? You know, see, just a quick aside. That's the – see, what type of bet is that? You know, because you know what? You bet straight – see, this is what I want the people who listen to the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast to understand because I know here we're dealing with some sophisticated gamblers who are, are aware of this because what Rob got off. Rob got off on Dave Vassane because what he did was he got one-to-one odds on LeBron or the field to win the title. You can't get that anywhere in America. And every, every, every Thursday, Rob Parker will ridicule me on this national radio show as he tries to sucker me in to what that is by definition a sucker bet because if if you believe LeBron's going to win the championship, it doesn't matter what the odds are. I, all I know is I have my new Jordans. You like these, Martin? Very nice. Right? See, that's that's the thing. Those are very nice shoes. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're doing LeBron versus the field, one of you should have been given odds. The period stop. One pair to three pairs of Jordans. Did you give him any odds? No. You did a pair of Jordans straight up, didn't you? That on Kyler Murray, and you refused to do it. You said he was going to be the uh, MVP of the NFL, and we offered – we were going to give you two pair of Jordans to one. Chris was right. going to give – two to one odds, which is – I'm back out on that. You were talking a big game, but you weren't really serious about it. That's all I'm saying. Well, because what I need you to understand, Rob Parker, I know that you've been a grizzled NBA and NFL reporter for the last – you know, since they had the sundial, right? Since since the sundial, right? Now, you were there for the invention of the digital clock. I understand. But what I need you to understand is that if I'm getting eight to one odds, I'm not taking the bet from you at two to one odds. I just take the same money at two to one odds and go put it back on eight to one odds. But it doesn't make sense. of the odds. Gonna, but if you're going to win... If you're going to win the bet, you believe that, that, that LeBron was winning a championship. It doesn't matter what the odds are if you really believe that. What it you- absolutely matters what the odds are because I can take the same 100 and make it eight or I can take the same 100 and make it two. No, but, but the point is if you're going to win on your, on your bet eight to one, why not double up and get Jordans for free if you're already risked the money that you believe that, that he was going to win? I mean, it does. 
you, you're trying to say no, that. no, 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 no. It makes absolute sense because I could take that money. I could take that. I could take that money. The 200 Jordan bucks I would have had to bet you with put it on eight to one odds and literally gotten five pairs of Jordans. Yeah, but, but my point is you didn't do that because you didn't feel confident. That's my point. You still no, I did do that. I bet on them. I bet on it. I he just didn't win. That, that's many, the problem. How did you lose on that on that uh, futures uh, Lakers? Sucker bet that you took. You know what? Let's talk about the Nets. Yeah, the Nets are another one that you said wouldn't wouldn't beat Milwaukee, and you didn't buy into them. I mean, Martin, you're taking a bloodbath. You were wrong about the Clippers, wrong about the Lakers, and you're wrong about the Nets. And 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 of course, game two is tonight. I mean, Milwaukee's going to win a game or two. I don't think it's going to be a sweep or anything. But you tell why? Me, why? What? What evidence do you have that Milwaukee's going to win a game besides the well, fact that you're you have, couching your opinion? Now you no, have no, 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 no. Seriously, what evidence have you seen that Milwaukee's going to win a game besides you couching your opinion? I'm not couching it because I picked the Nets in six games. I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking to that. Milwaukee could win a game tonight. They can't win game three in Milwaukee. They're a good team. I'm more to I, hear. I don't you. see it. I don't see it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Get the yeah, vacuum cleaner. Ready? Call the maid. Why are you out? Why are you out on the out? Get get the vacuum cleaner. Call the maid. What? Call Molly the maid. Stanley Steamer. Get the carpets. Get hey. Get the pressure washer out because this thing is a sweep. It's a wrap. Call the oven is going off. It's burning. Look, you, bottom line is, listen. The Milwaukee Bucks. Because here's the thing. They had the first two games, okay? And they're just going to run Giannis at the top of the key like he's Luka Doncic, right? And they're just going to continue to run him like that. And that, first of all, that's not going to work because you're allowing Blake Griffin to defend him, okay? So, and I don't think that the Bucs are going to make the, the necessary adjustment to uh, – I, I don't think the Bucs are going to make the necessary adjustments in getting the ball into Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton's hands and getting Giannis off the ball and into the paint that they're going to need to be, take advantage of this Brooklyn team. Like when I thought – when I was saying that the Nets – would have trouble with Brooklyn. I thought, I mean, when the Nets would have trouble with Milwaukee, I'm thinking that is because Giannis is going to live in the paint. No one on that team should be able to guard Giannis inside the free throw line. But the only problem is all that Milwaukee has done is played with Giannis above the free throw line, which makes him incredibly guardable. I don't understand the logic. I think it's a bad, and I think that's probably the reason why that Budenholzer, if they lose this series, which don't get me wrong, they are going to do. If they win a game, it'll be by the grace of God. Like, He's going to get fired after this because there's no wiggle. There's no change. There's uh, no curveball. I get it. Is this, is this though about Milwaukee or the Nets? Because, and I, and I get your Milwaukee point, but Martin, I, I got to look at the Nets and say, everybody, there were a lot of people didn't buy into the Nets, you included, you know, defensively. They don't even have Harden. They don't have Green. Two two really good players. Green is a big part of what they do as well. I think he might be back. Is he going to be back for game three or four? But he's supposed to come back soon. And Harden, I don't think if I'm the Nets, would you play Harden? I wouldn't play Harden until next series if you can get away with it. If they split one of the two, you know, in Milwaukee and you're up three to one, I don't even know if I bring Harden back until next round. But anyway, it but, tells no, you about the Nets. It tells you about how how what kind of team they have, the other players. We know how good KD and Kyrie. I mean, KD looks as good as ever. 
Did you see the crossover? Was that on Giannis, the crossover he did? And the shots he's making, four, six from three. He's very efficient. He scored 32 points in game two and three quarters. You know, didn't even play the fourth quarter because he didn't have to. But he's as good as advertised. Kyrie has been great. And then, uh, you know, the other players, including Blake Griffin. I mean, did you expect that from diving for loose balls, knocking down threes, dunking? I mean, if I'm, if I'm a Detroit Pistons uh, fan or, or front office people, I want a refund because that's not the Blake Griffin who played in Detroit for the most part. I know he played well his first year there. But, my God, does he look reborn. No, and that was that was the thing I was talking about. Well, first of all, to the point about the Nets and them being impressive, yes, incredibly impressive. However, on the other side, I haven't seen, as through this playoff so far, teams trying to take advantage of the things that the Nets aren't able to do. Like, and I, get, I guess with Boston, it's a little different because they were severely undermanned as well. But Jason Tatum was scoring 50, 40, 50, 60. You know, he's getting off for incredible numbers against that team. Now, obviously, the games were kind of blowouts and, you know, somebody's got to shoot. Right. But still, but still, I mean, somebody's got so, – Terry Foster told me this, and I'll never forget it. Somebody's definitely – somebody has to score 20. Nobody has to score 35. You no, know what I'm saying? Like, like no, somebody has to score 20 be, on the team. Right. But sometimes you can be fooled by just looking at numbers and thinking, yeah. it's like, when did they come – do you know what I mean? Like, 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 was the game already over? It's like my argument with Stat Padford. A lot of those numbers and the Lions are down 21 nothing, And it just – it's easier to pass the football when the score is big like that. It just is. But, but the, the other thing about the Nets, and you got to give them credit because everybody talks about KD, Kyrie, Harden, and deservedly so, right? But what they have done in that situation – because, hey, they're not good defensively. Like – they have not been good defensively all year. And you t- if you're telling me that all of a sudden they could just flip up from being the 25th best defensive team to now an incredibly average defensive team, I don't think that's the case. But what I think is going on is what you have is coaches that are coaching specifically for what's going – like they're shutting down every Milwaukee action, right? Everything that Milwaukee's trying to do, they're shutting it down. And I'm wondering if like, it, it reminds me of the of the Saints in the Super, when the Saints won, were on the Super Bowl run. That team wasn't a great defense, but they 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 made opportunistic turnovers, like in the red zone and on third down and on in real back breaking moments. So they like they, they weren't great, but they were very opportunistic. I feel like the Nets have developed a very opportunistic defense, and so that way, like they jump on them, and then I mean you're and then the other thing about that too is the roster that they've constructed, even with trading. Levert and all the, the, the depth, right? The, the quote-unquote depth that they had. Like, they had KD, Kyrie, and all this depth. They trade that for Harden. Well, guess what? Everybody else on the team is just filling in, filling in holes perfect. Like, I feel like we don't give, like, <clears throat> KD and Kyrie need a oh, lot of credit, no, obviously, Harris, but Sean Brown, Marks built a hell of a team. No, no doubt. Brown, Harris, and the other one that's just – nobody even talks about him anymore because he – Spencer Dinwiddie was on that team as well. Can you imagine if he was still Martin, wasn't injured and was could play? You're 100% right. The roster is loaded. They're loaded. Forget about the, the big three. There are other guys on there. Shamit is a guy. You leave him open, he's going to make three. Uh, Joe Harris is one of the best shooters in the NBA. I mean, who, who are you going to leave? Then, if, 
compare him to the other the other heavyweight all season, right? The Lakers. The Lakers star went down, right? The, obviously, Nets have three. Lakers have two. All right. But Anthony Davis goes down, and you're looking around like, how is this team even a playoff team? Right? When you look at the Nets and their star goes down 12 minutes into the game or, or 12 seconds into the game, rather, you're looking at this team like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Right. Like, hard, they like, win. Right. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this is all over. This is going to blow up in their face. They can't win. Are you – right. It is unbelievable. But that's a, that's a, that's a, a key to the roster construction. To right. me, that's a, that's a point to the roster construction. Going like, ah, okay. We're up 2-0 easily. 2-0 easily without me. I mean, when he comes back and, – and here's the other thing, scary part, last thing on the Nets. What about next year, Martin? And I'm talking about if those three guys stay healthy. We got to admit, all three of them were hurt or lost time this year. Say next year they have a regular year, everybody's healthy, they play a regular – how in the world will they not be favored to win another championship if they win this year? They they have to be. Well, I think they'll, they'll, hell, they might be favored. They might be favored to win a championship even if they don't win this year. Um, just off the off the oh, numbers right. in the in the in the in the roster construction, I'm still holding out hope that Philly is going to like. I, you know what it is, Rob? I just have such trouble saying that a team with such a glaring weakness should be able to win a title. And I know that there's not any logic. There's no like science behind that but that team has no big man that team has no paint protection that team has no rim protection outside of kevin durant and you want kevin durant to score 30 not block shots right so i just i i'm interested to see what will happen because i think i think that the 76ers will make quick work of the hawks uh going forward so i'm i'm in that 76ers net series i'm at this point i can't say it's going to be the series of the playoffs i'm crossing my fingers that the 76ers might potentially Play the Brooklyn Nets tough because at this point that that would be that's the best I can realistically hope for. Yeah, and doing the radio show, the odd couple on Fox Sports Radio, often we have NBA guys and like Antonio McDaniel's and Eddie House and guys who played in the league and you know know the league real well. They all say the NBA is an arms race, and when you have three scores like the Nets have, we've never seen like that, and that that's. You're right. Under normal logic with regular players, Martin, where maybe one guy is superior, maybe that is the case, and you would be right that the Nets wouldn't be able to win a championship with with a defensive weakness or, or whatever part of their game. But when you have three guys who could all get their own shot, create their own shots, who shoot at a very high level, and you're making twos and then knocking down threes, you know, it just puts you in a spot that you can't make up. And I think that's where and, and Antonio Daniels said to me, said to us on the radio, it's an arms race and they have more weapons. And, and that, to me, is why the Nets are in the spot that they're in. Um, did you have the Hawks or the Knicks in, in your picks? I, that one I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember either. I think I, pick, I, think I picked the Knicks. I th- I'm pretty sure I picked the Knicks. But after game two or so of that, I was like, this is wrong. You had a rough uh, patch here in the playoffs, huh? You know, individually, I got, ironically enough, most of the games that I picked, I got right against the spread. But almost all the series, I <laughs> completely bungled. So, you know, it is what it is. Taylor Fade, you pick, guys. But I, I think that the 76ers are going to make quick work of the Hawks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I mean, the Hawks, uh, one game one where Embiid scored 39, I was shocked. 
that they still were able to win that game. Uh, and of course, they were in game two, and then they went to a dry spell, and, and Philadelphia scored 12 or 14 points in a row, whatever it was, to put that game away. But we'll see. They go to Atlanta, and and I don't think it's going to be. So you're basically, when you say quick work, you think that Philly's going to win the next three games and it's over because that would be five-game series. That quick work? Yeah, I would expect – I expect five-game series. If not, like, a, if, if Atlanta steals a game, I think the sixth game would be pretty decisive. Yeah. Uh, I'm still – Well, because here's the, the, the rationale behind it I is – I think Philadelphia in this – I'm in six. I think Atlanta can win two games. So the biggest thing for me is, is it's all about Doc Rivers. And he's not going to do it, but it would be nice if he would. But if he just played some of his bench rotations a little bit less in the playoffs, it's a big thing that they had with the Clippers last year. And, you know, go figure, same guy, same problem. Um, but when – in that first game, he had started Danny Green on Trey Young. And I get you want to start Danny Green and not Matisse Thibault or not Ben Simmons and so on and so forth. But I think that he realized very in short order that Danny Green got no business trying to stay in front of Trey Young on a consistent basis. And I think that once you see Simmons and Thibault on Trey Young more consistently and Trey Young's not able to get his feet into the paint in the way that he has been, in the way that he was the first game. I think you'll see them trouble. I think you'll see them in trouble because so much of the Hawks game is predicated off of Trey Young penetrating and either finishing at the rim or lobbing it up to Capella or, or Collins or one of those other big athletic big men that they have down there. And that opens up everything. And, and Trey's ability to shoot threes gets guys up in his grill so he can make that penetration, right? But Ben Simmons is 6'10. He's like, dude. I don't need to get all that close to you for you to, 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 to stop shooting a three. And Matisse Thibault is, is one of the better defenders under 25 in the league right now. So I say that would be my that would be my concern because I think Atlanta goes as Trey Young goes. And I think that Trey Young may have some trouble getting into the paint in the same way that he was able to live there against New York. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have Philadelphia in this series. I, uh, my only question mark was about Embiid and whether or not if he was not playing, you know, that could have changed stuff. But he's played and played well, so uh, I don't. I expect Philadelphia. I was surprised by Game One, but Atlanta did it. Uh, I wasn't surprised they won Game Two. Philadelphia. We'll see. I think Atlanta will get one in uh, Atlanta and then win it in. Uh, Philly will win it in six. That that's my pick. All right. The NBA playoffs are here, and you'll be in hoops heaven betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. There are so many exciting matchups, and FanDuel is taking that excitement to another level because new and existing users, all customers, can bet risk-free throughout the playoffs. Once you have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, you can bet one same-game parlay risk-free every week. That means you can combine multiple bets for an even bigger win. And if you don't win, you can get up to $10 back. Tonight, my same-game parlay, I would, I'm doing the Jazz on the money line, Joe Ingles to score 10 or more points, and Donovan Mitchell over made threes. Right now, he's sitting on FanDuel at plus 380. So, now is the perfect time to give FanDuel a shot. New users can still get up to $1,000 if your first bet doesn't hit. Just sign up with promo code LP3 to bet the NBA playoffs risk-free. That's promo code LP3 to be risk-free. Exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Martin, the Suns are up 2-0 as they blew out Denver in game two. And they were Denver has been able to hold it all together until now. 
I'm not surprised I picked the Suns in this series, but you don't lose a Jamal Murray. I don't care what was going on and think like it wasn't going to affect you or catch up to you eventually. And if Jamal Murray's playing, I think we got a different ball game. But the Suns coming off beating the Lakers, Chris Paul playing well. This is the guy who was hurt in game one in that opening series with the Lakers. He seems like he's all good and, and, and good for them. We know what Devin Booker has. Aiton has uh, had a coming out party in the playoffs. I like everything about Phoenix. I don't. I, I think Phoenix can win this series in five games. Where are you on this series? I'm with you. I'd say four, but Denver is still pros. Like, I, right. They're still pros, so I think they'll, they'll they'll sneak a game. And Jokic is the MVP, and that MVP is well deserved. But I'm with you. On that. People think that that he didn't deserve the MVP. They just haven't watched enough. He definitely deserved to be MVP to keep that team together. We just talked about it after losing Murray and his numbers for the stat geeks. Go look at his PER and his numbers, Martin. They're, they're great. He put together a great season. So one of the things that I was, cause I was looking up and reading about Jokic and uh, last night and I was reading this article by Kevin O'Connor from the ringer. And he was talking about how he, um, he was just going through all the advanced stats, right. Of Jokic and, He's worth – he scores like 1.7 points on, on, on double-team possessions. And the, reason, and the reason why the Nuggets right now are having so much trouble is really, to me, I think it's a testament to DeAndre Ayton because what DeAndre Ayton is going out there and doing, he was the most – I don't say most underrated, but like the whole conversation of the 2018 draft was, oh, my God, the Hawks drafted Luka Doncic and traded him, right? Like, oh, my God, can you believe – can you believe while like – Arizona and Donch and Arizona and Arizona drafting Aiton was kind of one of the under the radar type deals, even though he was number one overall pick, right? But him being able in these first two games, he's been able to match Jokic almost not necessarily almost step for step, but he's been a, a very viable counterpart to the league MVP, right? And the other thing about it that Aiton is allowing them to do is Aiton is allowing the Suns to guard Jokic as an individual defender. They don't have to double Jokic. And what happens when Jokic is hitting these 9, 10, 11, 15 assist games, you know why? It's because he's doubled and he's kicking it to Michael Porter Jr. And he's kicking it to these guys who can hit threes. If Aiton is playing him straight up, you see, you see some of the offensive limitations that the Joker has. No doubt. And I think the Suns have been able to control him for the most part. I'm not, you, you don't totally stop anybody, uh, but control them. And then they just have played well offensively. I think they were riding high coming off that Lakers. You know, there were people who even still doubted that they would be able to close the deal. Am I right? When they came back to Staples Center, there were people who didn't think right. that they were experienced enough and Devin Booker's young and, you know, they might will trying to close out a game at Staples Center and they came out and kicked the Lakers butt from the word go in that game. That game was never in doubt. And I think they, they carry that along. They have a little swagger. They had a really good record. I think they, you know, they were the number two seed in the West. So it ain't like they, they're not used to winning and they belong there and they feel confident and they got their floor leader. I really like where the Suns are. I'm expecting to see the Suns and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. That's my pick. So we'll see I was how about that to say. Out. 
the thing about you know everybody's saying the Lakers had it wide open. Well, I think the Suns got it wide open now. Yeah, we'll see. But the last time you said that, that didn't work out. So be careful. Hey, you know what? Do your dancing now, Rob Parker. Do your dancing now. Let's go back and get some of these uh, lemon pepper parlay records while you're talking about it. We're about uh-huh. to hear it now. We're not going backwards in time. You're living in the past. I'm not living in the past, Martin Weiss. We're talking about now. It's money time. It's playoff time. And you know what? You've been getting your butt kicked. That's the fact of the matter, period. You know what? You've been getting your butt kicked, too. I just don't happen to dance on your grave. I have better uh, better chivalry in graveyards. But the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, they go tonight. Game three. Milwaukee, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Rob, who are you picking in this game? Man, I mean, I like the Nets a lot. I like where they're playing, but I think I think the Bucs get – this is the game that they get. They squeeze out a game, first game at home. I think it's important for them. I want to pick the Nets so bad because of the way they play, but I know how the NBA is. And even though they won by 39 and they were up by 49 in that game, none of that matters for game three in Milwaukee and where they are. And those players had a good year had some success against the Nets during the regular season, you know, have had a little time to refocus and figure it out. I'm going to pick the Bucs to win, but I'm going to take the Nets to cover. So I'm going to take the Nets plus three and a half. I think the Bucs win a one or two point game. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they want you to take the Nets at three and a half. I feel like they want you to take that because how could you have watched the last what was it five, seven, the last seven games that the Nets have played and then be underdogs to anybody? Right. I get it. Like, how, I don't care if it's the Monstars. I don't care if it's the Dream Team. Like, well, how could the Nets, if you watch the last seven games the Nets played, how could you find five basketball players at a quarter at any time that's going to somehow should be expected to score more than them? Like, come on. Austin Underman beat them one game. I'm just telling you, like, that's what happened. You could have – look, Martin, you know what You know what could change the game? And we saw this in the Clippers game. Kevin Durant could come out and get two quick fouls. You know what I mean? Or Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that can happen all the time. That's what you got to be careful about in the NBA. And then you take them out of what they're used to doing. So my official pick, I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks, minus three and a half, simply because it feels funny. But you know what? Listen, America. I don't blame you one bit for keeping your money in your pocket when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets scenario because, I mean, Lord have mercy. That thing is a machine. And then uh, the the final game of the night, the nightcap, the Clippers, your Clippers go on to play the Jazz in game two of that series. I absolutely hate the Jazz, and I hate the Clippers. This series is just an absolute hate watch for me. Parker, the Clippers are three-point dogs. Are you riding with your boys? Yeah, uh, Clippers. I just talked about it. Kawhi, uh, they had early foul trouble. Um, I think this is the game they were. He was a little passive. Paul George played terribly. If he played like a regular game, they would have won. And they needed Donovan Mitchell to get 45 points to squeak out a one-possession win at home in game one of the series. If the Clippers play regular, regular like they're used to, I expect Kawhi to bounce back big. Give me, give him 35 points or more, Martin. I expect Paul George to score 30 or more. 
and I get the Clippers to win easily. So you should take the Clippers plus the three points. I say the Clippers win by eight or ten points. Yeah, I disagree. When are you going to realize that the Los Angeles Clippers have given up over 40 points in, what is it, four of their last eight playoff games to one man? Like, Luka, Luka had, what, three or four 40-point games? Donovan Mitchell now 45. Like, the thing is, the Clippers don't stop nobody. The Clippers don't play defense. And if the Clippers, the thing, the, the Mavericks lost to the Clippers because they quit hitting threes. They stopped hitting threes. Dorian Finney-Smith stopped hitting threes after game two. Tim Hardaway Jr. stopped hitting threes after game two. Chris Tapsporzingis never hit threes the entire time he was there. But this Utah Jazz team, and trust me, I've been waiting for it to stop. And if it stops now, I'm going to be incredibly furious because I've been waiting for it to stop. But there's just they that team is the best three point shooting team in the league. I don't care what the numbers say. They may be fourth or fifth. But when you look at the way that they move the ball and the quality of three point shots that they get, that team is the best three point shooting team in the league. And just based on I think it's I think Clippers are in a tough spot. The same re, a lot for this. A lot of the same reasons that I think the, the Jazz are a significantly better version of what the Mavericks were. But Luka's not as – Donovan Mitchell's not as good as Luka. But, like, everywhere else, they're that much better. Clippers, and the Clippers were able to overcome them, and I think that they will overcome them. If, if, they, if their guys, big guys, played well, just played well, not great, they would have won that game one. So I just think they'll bounce back, and I think they'll be fine uh, and win and then go back to L.A. and then uh, start playing again. All right, so what's your lemon pepper parlay? My lemon pepper parlay for this uh, NBA Thursday is pretty simple. I'm going to take the Nets plus three and a half. And I'm going to take the Clippers plus three. I expect Milwaukee to win, but by a close score. So I'm not picking the Nets to win another game. But I am expecting the Clippers to bounce back and to win. So there you go. And remember this. It's always better with the cheddar, and I've been killing it. And I want you to know, if you can go to Fox Sports Radio just tweeted. I know you can't see it. It says, please send your congratulatory tweets to R.J. Bell, Rob Parker, and Ben Maller for currently leading the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge. Yes, we are crushing it. Man, I tell you what. Do you, I had never really heard the word front runner until I started working on the show Undisputed, but you are the biggest front runner I have come across in my days. I let you know that. But I'll just say quickly, my lemon pepper parlay is I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks on the money line and I'm going with the Utah Jazz on the money line as well because the favorites have been getting, favorites have been slaughtering this NBA playoffs. Favorites have been going crazy and I, Honestly, I like both of these teams to cover. So I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win and take that little bit of insurance. All right. There you go. Yet another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA playoff edition. And uh, maybe Martin will bounce back. It's been a bumpy road since the last time we saw him. He's been uh, having a rough time in the postseason. I'm, I'm flying high. Yeah. Just don't uh, just don't step on any bananas or trip over any rocks while you're running your victory lap, okay? Hey, that's all right. You know what? My victory lap includes a pair of Jordans, which I'm very thrilled about, and includes some nice other wing bets that I've been winning all over the radio and people on on social media. 
and uh, I, I won wings from you. You owe me a 20 piece. You need, you need to quit hustling people, man. What? Quit I'm hustling people. Give people good odds, man. You need to quit hustling people. I'm done with you. All right. Well, that's the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast for this week. Uh, make sure you uh, uh, listen to it. You share it with your friends. You subscribe. All that good stuff. And we'll see you again 